So, are you ready? I was born ready, sweetness. Oh my goodness! 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 Not another! Not another! Not another! Not another podcast! Well, actually, that's that's quite all right then. And welcome to episode 15 of... Oh my goodness, not another podcast. Awesome. We have two, or well, actually, we have one person here with us today, but there's a total of three of us, as usual. And so, first, we would like to say hello to our guest. Hello, Cypher. Hey, how's it going? Woo! Good to have you here. <laughs> I'm glad we got the hey, hey in. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Got to work in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Got to have it again. Not really sure how that happened, but there you go. It works, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe not. I quite like it because I know that the addicted cast actually started because it's like an hour. <laughs> or so right. Before. Yeah, there's meandering <laughs> the chat until then. Best I love it. I love all that. That's when we're talking to Hypno, I was saying how we love the fourth wall just being kicked down brick by brick. Yeah, no, no, we don't. We don't have a fourth wall. It's more of a screen. By the way, the uh, the last episode, I haven't seen it all yet. I had to go to the YouTube channel to to watch it for some reason. I'm not picking it up for much in, but. Uh, Ashley? Yes. Ashley? Yes, Fantastic. it is. Fantastic. Oh, yeah? Good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. She was a little bit nervous coming on, uh, but uh, no, I think she did a fantastic job. Excellent job, yeah. And um, I tell you, there was a point where I think Cypher discovered that his mic was he was picking up from the wrong mic, and uh, there was a break while you were looking up. Is it Richard Sharp? And you... It, <laughs> I know, of course, that it's not part of the podcast. It's part of the YouTube, but the interaction was very good. I was laughing my ass up. Right. Shut up. No, you shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our normal home life. Yeah. And of course, you've already heard Jeppy. So, hello, Jeppy. Oh, sorry. Was I not introduced? What is that noise? That is my husband beating on the egg. Okay. <laughs> He's killing them first. Fair enough. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> sorry, I normally, I normally talk. So now he's doing it harder just for your sake. <laughs> you good now, dear? So, uh, I'm, I'm curious now, what kind of eggs are you having? <laughs> Apparently they're scrambled. I think they're scrambled, but I don't know if we were supposed to have scrambled, because I think the children asked for over easy. So, just beating oh, on it. daughter asked for scrambled. Did she really? Yes. She always asked me for over easy. She asked me for scrambled. Okay. Maybe okay. you don't listen to her. Right. Or maybe she knows Daddy has trouble making over easy. <laughs> No, that's not the case. <laughs> However, that's hilarious that you say so. <laughs> Should I repeat that one for my husband to hear? <laughs> Entirely at your discretion. Cypher says, or maybe she knows that Daddy has trouble making over easy. That's possible. <laughs> but then again, I just made them for my son, so. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Notice she was my daughter, but his son. <laughs> your daughter asked for a scrambled. <laughs> anyway, okay, we can get going. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, Jeffy, we're going to make this a little bit of a nightmare to edit at the beginning, it looks like. I won't do All right, it. So I won't do it. I tell you, if, I, if, if five minutes <laughs> in, I'm having a nightmare, I'm, I'm sending it back. <laughs> Stand your ground, Jeffy. Exactly. You got you to draw that line in the sand this far and no further. Exactly. I've got to yeah. actually edit stuff. I was just going to slap the intro and outro on and, sl- and slam it off onto the internet. <laughs> well, you, you could do hip style of editing, you know, just to say he's editing. Julian <laughs> does exactly the same thing. She says, oh, I'm going to have to edit that out. I'm going to and it never gets edited out. No, it doesn't. Although for the longest time, Jeppy did believe that it did get edited out. All my innuendo. I know. I was really yeah, annoyed. but yeah, but I was working on that innuendo. <laughs> oh, you mean you're not that witty naturally? 
No, I have to skip stuff. Oh, man. It says here. My, my <laughs> image is blown. All right, so we usually start with a poo story, but Jeffy did not want a poo story today, so we're compromising. Well, I, I brought a poo story. Why? Oh, there we go. There we go. Because what? I hit bought a poo story, and I was quite confident that Cypher would bring one too. Yeah. Oh, Cypher brought a poo story. How cool. Yeah. Before, uh, awesome. I, hey, I, I, I go into your poo story, Cypher. Sorry, I need to absolutely. talk me over the top of you. I listening, I'm listening to The Addicted. You know, I, I've already been shocked because there's some problems with the uh, website. So I've, I was staring mm-hmm. at that open mouth for about an hour. <laughs> going, what? Right. What? And then I hear on The Addicted that I had a hand in deciding that we should have a poo story to start <laughs> each episode <laughs> from young, from young Hypnotoad. Let me tell you, every week I'm mortified that we have to have a poo story. And it's he is not all, mortified. It is all Dream's decision that we should start. He is not mortified. As, However, as delicately Ashley said, fecal matter. Right. So, <laughs> I, I, let me just put that straight. Let me just put that straight. That, that in fact, we have a Prillian joining us uh, on Tuesday to record a, 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 a rescheduled recording. Sure. And she's put, you know, like big rock stars have a rider, so they say mm-hmm. what they ca- what they will have when they arrive at the studio, or wherever. Well, she's put in that she will not discuss the poo story. She refuses. She says she's going <laughs> to turn the microphone off. Wow. And she also wants green M and M's in her dressing room, which is a bit weird, but anyway. <laughs> I have to admit, while he is not mortified, he claims to be mortified, but he's not mortified. It, it, the poo stories were not his idea. They were entirely mine. And it's a, sun, uh, it's a Sunday. We're having poo stories on a Sunday. <laughs> Apparently figure, with breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I figure if we start, if we start the oh. podcast with poo stories, okay, then anyone, we will get rid of anyone who doesn't have the stomach to put up with us oh. for the length of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, anyway let's, let's... Well, you know, I, I, I normally wouldn't lead with a poo story if it was if it was up from, up to me. However, when in Rome... <laughs> do with the Romans. Right. So I, I was told to be prepared and, uh, you know, I showed up uh, story in hand, as it were. <laughs> Sounds great. Alright, if you could link it to us in that bottom window, that'd be awesome and we will See what poo story you brought with us. Uh, I was going to well, say, Jeffy and I be... compromised, and we just got a bathroom story. But hey, poo stories are great. Okay, so the um, I can link it to you in a moment here, but uh, that might be okay. difficult because it's on my iPad and I'm talking to you on the computer, so I have no direct. Okay, I'll just need it sometime for the show notes. So even if you email it, it's good. Fair enough. Okay. So this is uh, Dateline Prairie du Sac. Um, title reads, Drought leads to shortage of cow chips for annual festival. This summer's drought has cut down production of more than just corn and other crops. It's also led to a shortage of, of all things, cow chips. Farmers have found fewer cow pies in the ground this year. And just like corn, hay, and other things that grow on the ground, it's because of the drought. Wisconsin State Journal states that it's because cows don't eat as much in the hot weather, so they don't poop as much. Organizers, and this is the part that you want to pay attention to, organizers of the annual Wisconsin Cow Chip Throw and Festival in Prairie du Sac say that they have enough of a stash of cow chips from 2011 to hold their contest this year. However, farmer Terry Slotty told the paper there could be a shortage of chips to hold over for next year's event. Wow. Stunned. <laughs> So, so apparently, apparently Wisconsin, the town of Prairie du Sac, which is a rather French name for some place out in the middle of Wisconsin, um, <laughs> they have a cow chip throw and festival. That's rather. Ooh, I wonder if people wear gloves. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so, but I'm guessing probably not. Uh. Well, but the thing. Ooh, ooh. Why did you? Ooh. What, what, wait, wait, wait. Did you just start saying why did you? No, 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 no. I was gonna say why would they? Okay. I mean, hmm. Okay. It would be common 
I mean, even humans, humans, <laughs> people, people. Because <laughs> well. cow pets are pretty sloshy, from what I remember the last time I tried well, one. Although, if they are holding them over, they sit. Yeah, they're gonna get. It'd be like frisbees. Right, they're gonna get hard, and I think I think that's probably what's going. on. If they're holding them over from 2011, <laughs> stockpiling some them somewhere, I imagine they're probably dried up. I'm just trying to imagine the storage situation for those. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is I mean, even people, I, I said even humans a bit ago, and that was really dumb. It's like I'm playing um, WoW, and, you know, I'm talking about humans and dwarves and um, goblins. But anyway, right. even people don't eat as much during the summer, if you think about it, for the most part. Because we're sitting here, we're like, oh, we're too hot. And, and so it would make sense that cows wouldn't eat as much. But why would it just be this summer that it, that would affect that? Apparently there's been a drought. drought. Yeah. Oh, I guess because I live in a desert, I'm used to droughts. And so, for how me, many, how many cows you know, do you see? Yeah, we don't have a lot of cows here. Probably even less cow patties. No, but I don't. We have any? Yeah, mm. very true. We have um. The, the cool we thing have is, is that since they store them, you could probably order some in. So it's not, you know, your summer's not totally wasted. Sure. So we could totally have our own, you know, I, cow pie tossing. I festival. would bet if you were to contact the Wisconsin Chamber of Commerce, you might be able to get them to send you a a box of cow patties, and you could have your own uh, satellite <laughs> contest. A dozen, a dozen. They probably sure. come by the dozen. Yeah, wow. There's probably thirteen in there. It's a baker's dozen. A <laughs> Wisconsin's famous for cheese, isn't it? Isn't it the cheese? Yes, cheese, cheese heads. Yep. Hmm. They have. They wear gigantic. I have a, a friend that works at the school with me that's from Wisconsin, and he has. Yeah. You'll you'll have to uh, you'll have to ask them about the uh, the annual cow pie toss. Uh, I'll have to see if he's from anywhere near there. That would be rather funny, actually. I'd, I don't know. He's a very. Um, proper sort of man and so I don't see him throwing cow pies. Are you saying but that maybe it's just what of, they do there. The throwing of cow fecal matter is not a proper thing to be doing. Are you are you somehow disparaging the people of this town in Wisconsin for not being straight as an arrow when they throw their poo? Well or the you know, poo of their cows. It's more it's more a thing that, you know, many towns put themselves on the map in many ways and some of them are kind of strange. I would imagine well, that it's it's a very old custom that it probably goes back many 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 years when, well, yeah, when entertainment was be, not so great. Sure, but um, you got you got to wonder about the foundings of this this festival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> it's yeah, wow. I don't think I would go throw a cow pie so, unless they put me in like a head to toe garbage bag. It's probably some sort of peer pressure, though. You know, you can't you say you say you wouldn't, but then again, you know, lots of other people say they wouldn't go out and shoot their neighbors. But that's what you used to in Texas. So. But yeah, it happens every day. Oh, wait, who says we shoot our neighbors in Texas? I've seen all the films, OK Corral, and all that lot. So don't. Okay, we don't have wooden sidewalks, parasols, or big, huge hoop skirts anymore, Jeppy. So you say? Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm currently in a tank top and shorts. I mean, we don't wear those things anymore. Well, it's a little hot for the hoop skirts right now. Yeah. Well, but they didn't care. They wore them all the time. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. So I imagine they probably at this festival have have themed food. Would you think? Oh no! You had to go there. Do you have Desperate what, Dan in what America? Do you think they would theme after cow pie talk. De- Desperate Dan? Yeah. No, do have, it doesn't ring a bell. Desperate Dan is a uh, a comic book character from I think it's the Beano. It may be the Dandy. These are sort of like kids comics that have been going okay. on for like ridiculous amounts of years, like hundreds of years. And he mm-hmm. or, his big thing was having he's he's supposed to be a, a huge Texan, and his big thing was uh, having um, a cow pie. And basically, this pie was huge, and 
it would have the two horns. Actually, it was more like a bull, I suppose. It had the two horns coming out the top. Right. So every time people say cow pie or cow pat, I think of that, and it's not as appetizing <laughs> by any stretch. Dan. Dan. So the, I've made an observation while I was searching this um, for this news article. <laughs> the um, <laughs> Oddly enough, if you search for feces or fecal matter... Uh, it doesn't return any results in the uh, news, you know, checking routers and, and you know, the news outlets. Mm-hmm. But poop? Poop does. Plenty, plenty of references. Oh, yes. For some reason, they don't use the PC terms for it. They just use the, you know, poop. Well, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. I would think that your your traditional news outlets would use the scientific names for things rather than slang. Well, maybe who is just... Sugarcoating you know, it? Who? Yeah. I mean... I'm going to put my It's hilarious, down. so... It's yeah. my lunch time as well. <laughs> because we've talked about poop. You're the one that brought up cow pies. I'm just saying. Desperate Dan, look it up. It's, he's cool. He's got cow pies. Oh, the only thing I think that would be the same out of those old... I guess the stereotypical thing that would still be true here is the big old cowboy hats. We do have, you know, some people that still use those, so... Are those 10-gallon hats? Is that what they call those? Yeah, but they're not always 10 gallons. But yeah, they, they, some people wear them ridiculously tall, I have to say. I would be quite disappointed if I went to Texas and didn't see people in cowboy hats. As would I. I have to wear children's hats because my head is too small. And so my hats end up not very tall. When I go into a hat store and I'm looking for a cowboy hat or any kind of hat, if it's like, you know, a fitted cap or whatever, I have to look in the children's section. Do you have to ask for a quart? Can I just have a quart hat? <laughs> I just want a quart, not a turn gallon. Just a pint. <laughs> no, but I have to be careful that they're not bright pink or bright blue because, you know, they, the ones I have to get are made for little kids. And so yellow, some other uncoming, unbecoming color. So, all righty. Well, thank you for bringing your own poo story. That's really awesome. I think we should make <laughs> that. Quite I think welcome. that should be a guest requirement now. Oh, oh. So, are you going to tell Aprilian or am I? Mm, no, we'll, we'll do it after the Aprilian show. <laughs> I'm not telling Aprilian anything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll not make that true for her. She won't have to. Yeah, when she came on our show, we got two pages worth of of rider. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, things that we couldn't talk about, things that we could talk about. Oh, no, are special, you serious? Special requirements, dietary <laughs> concerns. <laughs> well, show up first, you know, and they, they suss out the joint and they check things out and make sure that the chairs are okay and fully padded and she's got yeah. a, there's at least several Apple products in the room. So yeah. Quite nice. <laughs> All right, well, you're hearing my children in the background. Dim sum. Is it dim sum? Dim sum. Come here and say yep. hello. Since they're hearing you, you might as well say hello. Hi. There's one and two, thing one and thing two. Thank you so much for your poo story. That was awesome. Just go ahead and uh, get us the link somehow so we can put it in the show notes. Is this editing cool. like I a am brilliant? working on that. Yeah, he, he's, I think he says he's editing like a brilliant edit. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> what, the, the story that I had found for us. And... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> anyway, the story that I had found, Keith Orr, behave yourself. I am? Mm-hmm. I'm behaving myself poorly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, the the story that I had found for us is was a compromise between Jeppy and I without, you know, this one was out the without the poo, so it's the re- it's a bathroom story instead. At www.bestrestroom.com, there is a contest for America's best restroom and you can vote and there's 10 finalists and you can go through and decide which restroom you believe is America's best restroom. 
Are these from all over the country? I think so. It looks like it. It's sponsored by someone named Cintas. But yeah, there's a Hollywood Bowl, Liberty Market in Gilbert, Arizona. There's a Hollywood, California, San Francisco, California, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Illinois. So yeah, it's all over the place. New Braunfels. Hey, I've been there. Did you use the bathroom? Not there. Mm. Too bad. It's a shame because you could have given your own review. I could have. I could have, like, you know, noticed that I was there. But look, it's got a dude in a jail. A dude? What? A dude in jail. Hold on. I, I linked it a little bit earlier, I think, but I'll link it again. Hold on. And just click on vote now, and it has. The, there is. There's a little puppet that's in jail. That's hilarious. Mm. I'm kind of glad that these aren't personal restrooms. I was thinking there would be people's personal restrooms, but it looks like they're business restrooms. So they wouldn't be personal, would they? People don't go. What? <laughs> I, I was thinking there'd be like restrooms and mansions. You know, we'd have a golden toilet sitting there or something. I think that would be an awful thing to make a toilet out of. Exactly. <laughs> it would be very cold. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they do make them though. Uh, Ashay and I found them when we were looking at the list of ridiculous things to spend your money on. So. Well, the voting on this is going to be kind of skewed, isn't it? Unless you're, you've got tons of money, you can tra- visit all these different restrooms. You're just kind of looking at the picture, basing it off of one picture. You know, I think really to vote and and be effective, you should try each and every one of these. So you're saying the only way you can truly make an, a valid vote is to no, hold on. I see. So you're saying the only way you can really make a valid vote is to actually go and visit every single restroom. Sure. Can't actually use the restroom because apart from the else it's not just aesthetics is it it's not what it looks no. like oh, right exactly you, know, you got you've got all sorts of things splashback mm-hmm. cleanliness temperature temperature definitely uh, yeah ambient seat temperature noise. seat temperature is a huge thing you know. and then if they have someone in there offering you a towel giving you into uh tipping is i think is what you mean oh i hate that isn't that <laughs> the worst it's like no i don't want your mint you know i uh. I've just been to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the means. I don't want to be searched for my pockets for, for small change. Oh, I hate that. Plus, you know, it, it, it's a little different. Typically in a, in a bathroom without an attendant, you know, everybody's in there for their own, you know, purpose. And, and they've got a, you know, everybody's there for a reason. Except for the attendant. You know, the bathroom's with the attendant guy. He's just standing there. It, it, there's a lot of pressure. I would hate that job. Where does he You're go? standing there That's and listening to people out. use the restroom, then come out, hey, do you want a mint? Perfume, towel, yeah. I mean, really. The worst thing is in, in, uh, in lots of Mediterranean countries and also in the Middle East, there's always out, outside, as far as I can tell, every single public restroom, a little old lady who, look, who looks very similar. It's almost like she's been cloned all around the, all around the world. <laughs> and she sits there and she's got a bowl with uh, loose change in it. And, and she has a big pile of toilet paper. And so basically you have to give her the, your drachmas or your lira or whatever and she will give you very insufficient amount of toilet paper for you to then go in and use for your bathroom pleasure. So there's no you've got, so you've got no you've got no chance of escaping that really. Right. So you have to pay for the toilet paper? You have to see it's it's hard to tell what the customer actually is because I've never tried to take the paper without paying. <laughs> well, I would imagine I'd probably lose a few two or three fingers, but wow. it does seem that way. It does seem that if you don't pay her, you can't take the paper. So what if, what if you just don't have any chance? and all you have is a credit card. Then you should be carrying some sort of novel, possibly sent by Stephen King, so that you could use that instead. <laughs> Just use that. 
I have to say, and I'm, I'm not proud of this, but I got through 16 or 18 pages of The World According to Garp while in Athens because I hadn't got any money. Oh. I had to read really fast. I was like, come on, I, got, I need this, I need this paper. Huh? I th- wow, I don't think... Oh, okay. I think what I would do is I would be carrying some tissue in my purse. But then again, men shouldn't be carrying purses, so it's a little bit different. It's also the fact that she, she she's kind of blocking your way. There's no, you, it's not like you can sort of avoid her either. She's like... Right, she's a little bit of a gay keeper kind of yeah and it's always and it's always an elderly woman that has way too much facial hair so <laughs> are you judging the woman by her facial hair no uh, the fact that that from morocco to turkey to to, to jerusalem to athens that is the same woman is quite scary <laughs> i think somebody should start cataloging them because i think they definitely are clones. a set of quadruplets mm. she's and she's always in widow she's always black in black oh yeah, so. okay well we we just wow i don't know what i oof. I, I don't know. I think that toilet paper is just kind of one of those things that they ought to provide, but maybe I'm wrong. But these, these, toilet, these toilet paper, it's a privilege, not a right. Apparently so. I mean, that's why, you know, in the places that you get toilet paper that feels more like cardboard, I mean, it's not like they have to pay a lot for it, but it's nice to actually have it there. Definitely. <laughs> and we don't actually, I don't think in any of these pictures we actually see any of the uh, the paper they supply because that's a, oh no, hang on, that's a lie. The De Marino Ristorante Italiano in New York does actually show the paper and it looks quite comfortable. It shows, <laughs> so you're judging the paper by its looks? That's what I'm saying. You can't, you, I mean, you need to know. You need to know how good the paper is, how much paper is available, you know. I, I, I got to tell you, Jeffy, I'm, I'm right there with you. We, we stayed at bed and breakfast a few weeks ago and, um, you know, it wasn't a cheap place, but the, the toilet paper that they used in the bathrooms was just horrible. You know, it was that thin oh. tissue paper kind of style that just mm-hmm. is awful. And One ply, yeah. feels scratchy, it's called, nasty. It's called finger foo here. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really wish that some of the exorbitant price that I paid to them had gone towards, well, one Wi-Fi, but two uh, toilet paper. Right. Exactly. Because it's such a small thing, but it is something that you do remember. But, you know, I, what I've noticed about hotels in general is the really cheap hotels, the ones that flash like $19.99 a night, free Wi-Fi, free HBO, and then you go to one that, you know, I went to one that at a convention one time where I had to spend nearly $300 a night, or over, I think, $300 a night, and to pay $10 a day for Wi-Fi. Yeah. I was just like, okay, if these cheap hotels can get free Wi-Fi, why can't the ones that are that's, charging you an arm and a leg? attraction to the, free ho- to the cheap hotels. Mm. They're cheap, they try to offer more amenities. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're sleeping on the floor in, in, in dirt, but the Wi-Fi is fantastic. You can surf the internet. Right. Right. Oh, it's just, it's crazy. So, so did they have free Wi-Fi at that bed and breakfast? They, well, they did, but it only extended out about five feet from the uh, the uh, reception area. Oh, man. Is this your trip to Maine? It was, yeah. Now, granted, it was Maine, so we were lucky that there was any kind of internet access, but um, as it was, Is it was just... Is there usually not any internet access in Maine? Well, Maine's a little remote. You know? No internet access, <laughs> but wall-to-wall lobster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. Wow. So, uh, speaking of, of hotels and stuff, what's your take on... On the um, the toilet paper rolls when they when the maids come in and they they fold over the corners they make it into a little triangle yeah <laughs> well well I, sorry go, go ahead I was going to say I spent a great deal of my career working on cruise ships and uh, mm-hmm. they do that we got even if you're you know I'm going to sound a bit pretentious now but if you're officer class they come into your room and do that anyway so they, they and I, I said when I first normally when I first get onto a new ship I'd say listen you know there's no need I don't need I don't need you to fold the toilet paper I don't need you to come in and dress down the bed three times a day I don't need a chocolate on the pillow I'm here to do a job but they'd still do it. You, know, like you just couldn't stop them. It's just every day I'd come back and go, oh, 
opened the curtains, they've taken, they've drawn down the bed, they've, and they've gone into the bathroom, they've folded over the toilet paper. I have yeah. no idea why they do that. I think it's something to do with the, the belief that you look at it and you think, well, at least nobody's touched the toilet paper. Well, but that's the thing. Somebody has, has touched the, the toilet edge. paper. <laughs> that, little, that little edge, yeah. Right. Well, I think it's finding the edge so you don't have to sit there and spin it to find the edge. Well, I, I, I kind of think that they do it to send a message that, yes, the bathroom has been attended and, oh, you know, uh, here's, here's a little you know, symbol that, that indicates that. But, you know, I, I would just assume that they don't touch the toilet paper. And I, I'm not a germaphobe or I'm not, you know, one of these people that's, <laughs> you know. But there's just something about it that kind of creeps me out a little bit. So what do you feel about people that put the roll over inst- or under instead of over? So you have to, like, reach behind the roll to find the toilet paper. Yeah, I think those people should probably be just weeded out. <laughs> <laughs> Survival of the fittest, just, yeah, just throw them out. Line them up against the wall. <laughs> oh, Jeppy's phone. Jeppy's phone just got hung up. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it always bugs me. I take it and I, and I turn it around. I, even when I'm at somebody else's house, it, I don't know. I turn it around. It's so bad of good, me. Good for you, making a stand. I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> It, it, it's it's not that you're it, it's that you're helping you're trying to show them the proper way there you go yeah it, it's not that i'm a little ocd about it at all no, no. it one roll no. at a time you're you're making the world a better place <laughs> making the yes turning it around it's funny how it's such a it's such a personal thing that toilet paper i don't know so I, people I do, you know I once they start buying one own, brand really. they don't really change it well i'm yeah i don't know I, i'm i'm a little bit disturbed that we've all become a bit too used to the comfortable stuff so i, I fear that when the zombies come and or the mayan zombies attack us at the end of this year that we that we'll all be, we'll all be suffering because we're so used to this quadruple ply you know soft comfortable stuff we've even got stuff here that's got little pictures of puppies on which is disturbing in its own way that you yeah, that is a little bit. On, a, on, on a furry puppy to yeah <laughs> all intents and purposes <laughs> that, yeah that Actually. is a little bit disturbing but i i jeppy i i feel that um if the zombie apocalypse comes we will rise to the occasion and be able to you know, take care of ourselves hygienically with whatever is available. But in the meantime, we don't have to. Okay, so we should pamper ourselves while we can, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Life's too short to use crappy toilet paper. I remember I almost got into a stand-up fight with some lady about whether she, uh, let me just try and get the exact terminology right, whether she folded the paper or scrunched the paper before she did her business or cleaned up her business, to be honest. And she was so offended because I was, because she said, oh, I, I think she was a scruncher. Yeah. She scrunches the paper rather than folds it. And I was like, ooh. I think I may, my face may have belied some sort of uh, disgust at the fact that she scrunches mm-hmm. or folds. I almost got smacked in the mouth because she was so, <laughs> she was so offended that I found that to be not less than, a, less than appealing. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think the term you're looking for is dirty scruncher. <laughs> I think I probably would have been knocked straight out if that had been the case if I'd used that one. I, I just, I just can't wrap my head around the whole, the whole scrunching thing it seems like there's too many too many um opportunity for for gaps or you know un- uneven uneven coverage <laughs> you know i'm surprised because normally a, lot, a few of the stories that we pick up on over the few of the weeks we've been doing this are such and such a university has been looking into you know the university of albuquerque is looking into the this such and such or whatever i'm surprised yep. people haven't really done a, an in-depth study of the scrunches versus the folders because it sounds to me that this is something that socially we should be aware of well and and speaking about weeding out i imagine that over time the scrunchers will just disappear because of natural selection 
Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> some kind of dysentery disease, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's to be looked forward to. So hopefully that will happen just after the zombie invasion. And that will probably speed it along. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm, sorry, a bit of child aggro. <laughs> we'll probably uh, bump back the recording until they, they actually leave for church next time. Usually we do, but okay. Um, we were talking about folding and scrunching. So. Oh, I heard you fine. My daughter thought that because she had headphones on when she was talking, y'all couldn't hear her. Yeah, best time. <laughs> to do that if I can't see you, you can't see me. Yes, that the type ostrich. of situation. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny. All right, Sue. Did, did you guys vote on the best bathroom, or you're not going to vote because you? I, I don't. I don't feel that I can make an informed uh, decision here. You cannot make an informed decision on the best no, bathroom. No. no. There's so, there's so oh. many factors not covered. Such a shame. All right. Well, Seattle. If we want to go to our next one. Oh, the oh, I did name the website. Okay. This one is at foodbeast.com. Seattle is about to start serving bacon coffee. Uh, it says subsidiary Starbucks brand, Seattle's Best, have combed state fairs across the country and are officially gearing up to release a bacon coffee drink. The new flavor, a melding of level five Seattle's best coffee, caramelized bacon, and subtle hints of pumpkin pie spice comes by way of a countrywide search for the most imaginative new coffee drink. Oof. Mm. Now I this, like, my husband's over here like, going, mm. This strikes me as a bad idea. <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker to begin with. and so I love the smell, but I hate the flavor. And I actually tried it for like a whole month. I tried drinking coffee every morning, and every morning I was just like, oh, I don't want to drink this. And and why? people tell me, it's an acquired taste. You'll get used to it. Why, and then why it's, were you trying to? What, peer pressure. And how strong it is. Well, there's uh, a lot of factors. There are a lot of factors, but the, the reason I tried is because most of the places I go for teachers, okay, if we go to training or if we go here or if we go there, all they have is coffee. Mm. That's it. And so if I don't go bringing my own drink, no I have nothing. Mm-mm. So they only have coffee. Do you live in? America. That's ridiculous. Where teachers live off of caffeine. You revolted. Well, there's, there's arguably more caffeine in tea. Mm, true. I like... I like tea a lot. I'll drink tea. It's I I just I don't like the flavor of coffee. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, I go to trainings and I have nothing to drink. And so I sat there for a month and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. If they say it's an acquired taste, I'm going to try to acquire it. It didn't work. Another thing I've also not acquired is beer. Mm. Do they serve that at these teacher things? That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, it depends what time of day it is. Normally it's just the spirit. In the morning. On, is yeah. <laughs> if it's, not if it's before noon. <laughs> um, oh, hold on a second. So I'm a little put off by this anyway. this whole um, bacon obsession that this culture seems to have. Really? But bacon, really? Bacon I like bacon. Is, is bacon. Life, bacon. I, bacon is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I adore bacon. <laughs> it, uh, give me a nice crispy piece of bacon and, and you know, mm. I'll be yours forever. But I don't necessarily think that we need to try and capture that flavor in other things that is not bacon. And it does seem everywhere, doesn't it? I it does. I saw bacon the other day. Right. And it's... I mean, it's just absurd, don't you think? Well, the crazy thing, of course, is that bacon is so good because you shouldn't, you know, hopefully, unless unless you're looking to, to have a major major heart attack, you shouldn't be eating it all the time. Right, it's a once-in-a-while so thing. It's a, sure. it's a nice thing to have, and, and because of its uh, rare, not rareness, I know, I mean, I eat tons of bacon, but it's nice to have as bacon. I don't know, you're quite right. I don't understand why we need to then flavor everything with bacon just because it happens to be quite a nice taste. Right, I mean, there's well, but, bacon cookies, bacon cake, bacon... Uh, and my husband actually just read me quite a bit of bacon themes. Can you read them a little louder, honey? Let me pull up the website again. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, I had to, they were talking, and um, so I had to mute you when you were actually telling me. And so spicy bacon barbecue sauce, bacon flavored croutons, bacon flavored popcorn, bacon salt. There's a bacon lip balm. There's bacon jam. See these bacon. Those hint. last few are ridiculous. Bacon jam, uh, bacon uh, lip balm. I mean, bacon lollipops. Jeppy says the last few are ridiculous. He, if you missed it, he bacon said bacon croutons. lollipops. Bacon the croutons and stuff like that. Bacon. I can understand, but these sort of sure. bacon toothpaste. Yeah, Jeppy said he tried bacon toothpaste a couple days ago. I didn't try it. I saw it and, and was appalled. Yeah. Gummy bacon, gummy, bacon lollipop. Gummy bacon, ew. Gummy bacon. And <laughs> bacon flavored mayonnaise. Yeah. I can see bacon flavored mayonnaise, actually. Yeah, that would go on a sandwich, I can understand. Yeah, because like BLTs, they have bacon oh, and mayonnaise. Why not, why not just put a nice crispy piece of bacon on the sandwich? Ba- the crispy piece of bacon would be better. What was that last one? Bacon flavored peppermints. Bacon, ew. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. Well, and and see, I, that, I guess that right there is the crux of what's wrong. It, why, why try to mix a savory and sweet? Exactly. The lollipops and stuff like that are completely unnecessary. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I actually like the sweet with it. Like, you know, if, if my syrup for my pancakes misses with my bacon, I'm not upset at all. Well, see, that that's something unusual in America because, and I imagine when, when Hip comes to America, he'll be quite shocked at the mixing of flavors on a breakfast plate. I know I was. I was completely stunned when somebody slapped a load of pancakes next to my bacon. But what the hell are you doing? Well, you can't afford two plates. What? Um, but correct you me if I'm wrong. put it on separate plates. It's a ton of dishes. A, a traditional English mash isn't that? Uh, doesn't that have everything on on one plate? A breakfast? Yeah. Well, don't they call it a smash? Or um, it doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't have any sweet though. It's all it's bacon, right. eggs, well, sausage, beans, um, fried bread. But there's no. But, uh, we don't. We don't slap syrup in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're saying that you wouldn't find a mix of something that's sweet and savory on the same plate? No, no, not not in not in a tradition, not any sort of traditional things. I have to say that we our uh, culinary uh, places are being given the American treatment to a certain extent, and I have seen a few uh, local restaurants start serving an American style breakfast that includes pancakes and syrup and stuff. But I remember the first time I went to New York and uh, asked for what I thought would be a, similar to a full English. Mm-hmm. I got pancakes as well. I was like, rough. I don't really understand that. I just, not, not to say, I'm not saying that I was absolutely disgusted by the taste of it by any stretch I, I think it was actually not too bad but it just seemed very strange mix I don't know that seems like a lot of dishes to me maybe we do it because of laziness well that could be because I don't want to do five dishes for each person for breakfast just because I don't want to mix the flavors well I think I think what we need to do is go to a uh, like a prison style tray where you have different sections like a lunch <laughs> little compartments right <laughs> and and then there's just one plate but it's it's compartmentalized so that you're not mixing your uh, your various foods mm, no i don't know i don't mind the mix of flavors usually i try to make things that would go together anyway i suppose and so if they mix it's not that big of a deal and my parents have kind of always had the deal well it's going to mix in your stomach anyway so you might oh, as well just mix dude. it on the plate yes yeah, and i, I can't no wait to build a restaurant or to build a, some sort of menu it's going to mix in your stomach anyway <laughs> well um, my parents don't own a restaurant well no but just hold on apparently my neighbor is selling something He's taking down the tree it sounds like Or it. do you guys have trees or is it cactus? Oh, I have trees. I have two very large trees. Maybe that may have been had. That may have been had trees as opposed to have trees. Now it's the well, we have a lot of cactus estate. too, though. Or cacti, I guess. Yeah, we have. I mean, if you look out, have you seen on Twitter? I actually posted a picture of beside my house. I believe I have seen that. Yeah, and where it's all desert, yep. and then there's kind of a little mountain in the background that's not very tall of a mountain, but it's there. Do you have a lawn? Is there like mowing? 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. We we water. If we don't water, then no. In fact, I need to water the back lawn because it's looking kind of yellow. Is it actual grass or astroturf? It's grass. Uh-huh. If it was astroturf, Debbie, I wouldn't have to water it. I don't know what they do with astroturf. It's it's plastic. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I understand it's not yeah, very no. good for uh, football player knees, but apart from that, I don't know. well, that's because it gets slippery when it's wet, mm. and so the cleats slip and yep, it, it, it'll kill a football player's knees. I can see that. Sharper cleats. When the cleats get stuck. Ah, my husband says actually it's when the cleats get stuck and they try turning, they'll blow out their knee. Ah. That's how I blew out my knee, actually, when I was in high school. Playing, fo- Playing football? Um, yes, well, but, you know, football, football. She was a, like, uh, soccer. a soccer. defensive end. Yeah, I played soccer. But anyway, um, the, next, the next story is from www.penlive.com. And... There's a link to it. There was a 400-pound gorilla statue that was stolen from her home, used for target practice, and then returned to a woman. It says, Patricia, oh goodness, Rudolavage's beloved lava rock statue, Greystone, was returned to her Scranton area. I'm thinking Scantron. I'm thinking teacher right now. Scranton area home. (laughs) No, no, that's not what I was thinking. Scranton home area home on Thursday. The statue had bullet holes in its head, stomach, and extremities, but is still standing. She says two men arrived with the statue in the back of a pickup truck, saying that they'd found him about five miles away at a makeshift shooting range on a mountain. Uh, she says they refused the one hundred dollar reward for its return. So wow. Someone stole her gorilla, shot it, and then left it there. Somebody brought she actually had a reward out for this gorilla. Mm. Not real gorilla. hundred dollars. Hundred dollars for gorilla. Well, it's it's four hundred pounds. So I always thought the gorilla was eight hundred pounds. Isn't, isn't that the saying? The eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. Well, but I mean, wouldn't that be a real gorilla? No. No. I've I've been in Maybe meetings where they say a... let's talk about the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, and I've never seen a gorilla. It's usually pink elephant, isn't it? <laughs> Is the pink elephant in the room? Drunk. People are drunk. Isn't mm. pink elephant what you see when you've been knocking it back there? I wouldn't know. What I find I, most I, fascinating about this well, site yeah, is sure. that, not the story, but the fact that I've been offered a green card. <laughs> <laughs> really? Where? The Did it pop says, up? I guess it because it knows that I'm not from the US. <laughs> it's looking for a job. Oh. Win a green card to work in the USA. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. So, Jeppy, you gonna come to the US? Uh, no. Darn. Can't can't blame me for trying. Juno would be very happy. Juno would be very happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeppy, how long has it been since you've been in the states? Um, two thousand. Well, two thousand and six. Um, I was in. Well, I was still I was still on the on the uh, transatlantic crossings. So mm. I was in. Okay. I was back forth quite a bit. So not too long. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's only about six years. Actually, it's almost six. Exactly six years. <laughs> Depends on when in 2006 you were here. Second uh, of September. Oh wow! So yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're lying. Yeah, you almost had me there. I looked at the date. I was thinking it was the first for some reason. I looked down and I was like, "Wait a minute." I was actually yeah. in uh, our ship that I was on the the cruise ship Aurora on 9/11. We um, came in. Oh wow! We'd come into New York about three days earlier, and then we were going up the coast. And uh, we had we had passengers in, mm. uh, staying in New York during that during that event. 
Oh, that's. Still, uh, Jeffy, did they? That event rocked me. Did they shut down the um, the cruise travel as well? Well, we had it's in, it was almost impossible. So we, there was a few ships that we that we we docked um, in safer ports or yeah. safer ports, but it's almost impossible because most were at sea, <clears throat> so it's, it, you know can't right. you can't okay. sort of uh, mess with ground them. No, yeah, well, I, it, yeah, it's kind of hard. But, yeah. but I, do remember, I do remember there was a certain level because the ship then uh, took home way more people than it had left because there was people who wanted to leave but weren't able to because of the flight. Lights. And right. so when we came back into port, actually we we, uh, we missed New York. We went down into Philadelphia. We uh, we took a lot more people out than we than we, we were hoping to. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Your phone likes you today. I'm gonna I'm blowing up. It's annoying because it's a Sunday. Ooh, it's really loud. <laughs> people shouldn't phone me on a Sunday. Yeah, that's right. You tell them. Hmm. I can't tell them to. Hang no, uh, no fancy phones, <laughs> Jeppy. Well, this is gonna be an incredibly boring story. <laughs> <laughs> we have we had these uh, I don't know what you'd call them like Wi-Fi type phones all around the house and they're very posh they're not Wi-Fi you know what I mean they have like a, a base station sure and they're incredibly expensive very very posh and they all had these individual ringtones and all sorts of malarkey on there and then my daughter decided I don't I'm not sure exactly what she did but she she took the base station apart. <laughs> <laughs> with a screwdriver I'm, I'm quite impressed that as as a nine-year-old she was engineeringly sufficient enough to take it apart but we've never been able to put it back together again so we've gone back to some nasty phone that you just had to plug into the wall oh no my son takes a lot of things apart too uh, yeah. he'll like he sees something the first thing he wants to do is see what's inside it and so he'll take everything apart and then he'll be like i broke it and i'm like yeah you did he's like well i need another one and i'm like no you don't <laughs> When I was little, I was quite keen to take take everything apart. Mm-hmm. He's taking his fan apart just to put it back together. There was a time when I bought a fan, and I left it here in the living room, and I think I did a blog entry about it, but I don't think I knew you yet, Jeffy. The kids are pretty young. I wouldn't have read uh, anything. Whatever. Mini. Anyway, and I left it in the living room, and it was one of the ones you have to put together. And so I wake up in the morning, and I sneak out here because I'm hearing, no, 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 it's the other way, it's the other way sneak out here and my son is holding the instructions upside down trying to look at the instructions and this was before they could read and my daughter had things all over her lap they had taken everything out of the box and we were sitting there and they were trying to put it together and they had almost gotten it is the hilarious part they had gotten most of it put together but they put the very front part of it backwards and so it did this weird like facing out type thing it was a little rotating fan Anyway, so but, it's yeah. stuck rather than blue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, but it was a continuum. Well, kind of like a satellite instead of a fan, but. Yeah. Well, I think they should get points for ingenuity at least. Exactly. Well, I I just told them I was like, hold on, I'm gonna put my clothes on. I'll help you finish it. Carmen just got sent to a room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where did she get the screwdriver? She's got her own set. It seems I don't know. <laughs> she's, had, she's got a tool belt. She came down. She got to work. She's no messing about. Like, and y'all can't get it back together. Well, what? Ha- well, when we when we finally calmed down and we tried to have her explain what had happened, she said she wanted the LED because there's an LED for the uh, answer phone part of the. Of the of the base station. Oh, that's okay. Then. Well, the LED is a light, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a little, little panel. Yeah, a little panel. Uh, 
Did she just took it apart because she wanted a piece. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And I think actually it was uh, I blame Doctor Who because she you watched the, she, she watched a lot of Doctor Who and uh, he's constantly taking things apart with his sonic screwdriver. So I finished the first season two days ago. I was watching it with my husband. Not the first season. Well, no, the first season of the reboot or whatever, yeah. the 2005 or 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't make you a hardened fan. You watch the first no. season in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a hardened fan yet. I'm still just watching. <laughs> Eggleston, I, I think, is probably the one that you're watching. The guy, uh, the actor's name is Eggleston. I don't know. It changed, and now, like, he changes in the last episode. Good, Christopher. To someone different. Yes. 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 And it's it changes uh, to David Tennant. Much. Yes. Much to da- the David Tennant is a much better Doctor Who. I liked the first guy, though. Yeah. Maybe I'm weird, but I liked him. Yeah, I liked how his big old goofy grin. You know, it, I guess it reminds me of my father because my father um, does that big old huge grin whenever he's done something he's not supposed to do, and so. It's funny because uh, when, when Christopher Eccleston was given the part of Doctor Who, we were like, "Really?" Because he's he's known for some really hardcore parts. You know, he's he like he played the Messiah in a in a, a TV series. He's 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 known for huge dramatic parts. So when he, and then he got that one Doctor Who, everybody was like, mm. "Actually, he wasn't too bad. He wasn't." No, he wasn't. Second. He wasn't terrible, but I never no, warmed to him. No. Yes, I liked him a lot. But David David so, Tennant just has this kind of uh, manic persona that that I think. Uh, fits well with the character. Have you ever heard David Tennant actually speak without, like, in his proper voice? In his... I, I've seen him on various talk shows. Yeah, so he's got a quite good Scottish accent. So the yes. fact that he can keep up that, uh, I guess, London accent is pretty good. But he's, a, he's, a, again, he's, very, he's a very well-known stage actor as well. He's done all the Shakespeare and stuff. And, mm. so. the, the guy who plays, uh, or who played, I guess, the, se- the series ended, Dr. House, is English, isn't he? House, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he literally puts on an American accent for all of his shows. And the, puts on an American accent. Literally. Literally, <laughs> yes. And I find it fascinating that people can just do that because I can't just turn on an accent and turn it off. I, I guess could. I know, right? Well, I do. I, I do it all the time. I'm actually from Boston. I live, really? <laughs> not too far away from where... Show us. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been using this fake English accent for so long. Uh-huh. So ingrained. Is that like sure, my husband's fake do, American accent? I do accent? the, uh, what are you, stupid? I do that one as well. <laughs> But the, yeah, but that's the only one, huh? It's the only line you've got. I actually, I, I've been, I've been told that when I focus, I can do quite good American accent. But it's uh, actually, I'll tell you a story. When I was about, I think I must have been about nine years old. I wasn't the best person for attending school. I used to. Is this, off school. Is this time with the uh, when you stole the car? <laughs> That was a bit later on, but yeah, I did. Oh, okay. did you stole the car? How have I not heard about this? I didn't actually get to steal it, but we almost did. Um, I, we, you, we you have another, some explaining uh, to do. <laughs> There's a whole Meta Talks episode where, we, where I tell us, actually, I think it's about three episodes where I go over stuff like that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it wasn't very good. I, I I don't know what was happening. I was having a bit of a bad time at school, but I, so I was, I was tending to skip lessons quite a bit. And it so happened that the day I was skipping lessons, I got caught, not caught, but, you know, a police officer came up to me and said, are you, you know, shouldn't you be in school? Shouldn't you be in school, Sonny? And it happened to be the 4th of July, which is also my mum's birthday. Mm. So I put on this incredibly painful American accent and said that because I was American, today was a holiday and that I couldn't, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't be in school. <laughs> this is this <laughs> is my this is my excuse not to go to school. Unfortunately, that same police officer, his wife and I think his brother-in-law ran our local chip shop. So every time I went into the chip shop, he tended to be there. So I had to put on this awful American accent for about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> 
for fear that he would say, hang on a second, hang on a second, you're not an American. And then <laughs> me in. literally for seven years, I would go into our, our local chip shop, which was about our only fast food outlet, and have to fake an American accent. <laughs> Just because... <laughs> I told and no one, one that you knew was ever time. in there and said, why are you talking that way? Well, a couple of times I would end up in there with either my brother or my mum, and she would look at me like I was gone mental. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I don't think I can pull any accents. Of course, Keithor pulls his Chichen Chong esque accent for his Keithor percent. Yeah, because what you when you said you got some explaining to do, that was sad. <laughs> what did I say that? Just a minute ago. You got some oh. explaining to do. Well, that's you because got some explaining to do. That's because he he stole a car. I didn't and steal the car. He hasn't told me about it. <laughs> I came oh, close to stealing the car. I, okay, I am sorry. He came close to stealing a car, and, and he didn't tell me about it. Did it have rims? Keithor asks if it had rims. It had, and hydros. And hydros. He said yes, it did. Oh, that's but the, we would have to beg the question, would Jeffy know? Because we had to explain what hydros were not too long, not too long ago to him. <laughs> it wasn't even locked, so I thought it had all that stuff. Did you all actually explain it to him? I think a long time ago I sent him a video, but I don't think he remembers. Okay. <laughs> We didn't Next really talk story. about the four hundred pound gorilla. To be honest, I think we kind of went straight off on a tangent about Miss Bell. Yeah, we did. We didn't really talk about the four hundred pound gorilla. It wasn't that much, interesting okay. story. To be honest. Yeah, so that's okay. I do. I do like the fact they did take it to a shooting range and, and filled it full of holes. I, I just find it rather ridiculous that someone stole a gorilla just to shoot it. Well, why? You wouldn't buy a gorilla just to shoot it. Well, who says it has to be a gorilla? You can get a haystack and shoot it. Yeah, well, what's the fun of that? A gorilla. Yeah, what's the fun of? If something oh, against man. gorillas, they took all my glyphs off. You can't exactly get a headshot on a haystack. Oh, they. They redid the glyphs too. They redid everything. Yeah. Well, the Jeff game says they redid played, everything. This is no longer the game you've signed. This will be the show of random interruptions from Dream's house. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Not Sorry. Us, by the way. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just going to snap it straight out there. Sorry, Cypher, because it may give yourself that. You know, I know you're professional. No, no. Uh, far from it. Far from it. <laughs> Are you having fun? That's the point. Absolutely. Good. There we go. Okay, I linked a little bit ago down there from mandatory.com. And it says, this week's 20 inappropriately hilarious tweets. And I actually wonder if they do this every week. If so, I'm going to have to check. And this one's from the 31st of August. So it's from just this last week. And so you just have to, it's got a little picture thing. And you just have to click on it. And there's someone on Twitter named Doom Dragon. I hate Dragon. when they do that. I hate when you have to go through them by clicking the button. Yeah, and it's not like uh, just a list. Yeah. Well, the last one we did. You know like why they do a... that, Jeppy? No. Each, each click is another new ad that they're showing you. Another which hit. Is another... Uh... Yeah. Damn it's man. another website hit. Yeah. There's always money. I'm, I'm definitely in the mood to spend money after I've been made to click through 20 adverts. <laughs> well, not that you're going to actually spend money, but whoever is paying advertising on their site is paying them based on page views. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, every click is a new page view. Right. So right here you're looking at 20 page views. Mm-hmm. Actually, technically 60 because there's three of us. True enough. That's, you're assuming that we're all going to click through these. Yeah, I ain't clicking. Well, I, I'm assuming that you'll go through and find one or two that you like, maybe? I refuse. Sure. I refuse to fall in play that little game. Oh, okay. Well, I'll put this one up at least. The number one, or the, yeah, the number one here. I don't know if they go backwards or forwards. But anyway, the number one here is from Emma Adolfo, a Doom Dragon. Well, I just figure we'll click through and find the good ones. If they're not any good, we'll skip them. Okay. Yeah. And it says, threesomes are so awkward when you're the only one conscious. True enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think I want to know what's going through her brain. Let's see. Do you see one, Jeffy, you like? 
I'm not taking it, I tell you. I'm not. I'm getting it. You know, I'm getting okay, sure. Okay, I'm, I'm he wants, he is refusing to to participate. We'll not give them any of their money. <laughs> Yeah. Am I picking bad stories today? Well, I'm I'm, I'm trying to find one that I find clever. <laughs> Maybe a while. Maybe let's see. Um... So okay, so this one uh, here we go. It's several in. Uh, I think it's number seven. Uh, bad advice, nurse is the oh, name of the okay, person. Yeah. A woman just rammed a shopping cart into a window, then yelled at a store employee because it isn't a door. I heard her to be my life coach. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. I, people do yell at other people for very strange things, though. <laughs> a good way to stand out from the competition at a job interview is to bring your resume on a floppy disk. Five and a quarter, good. Adam Fogel, yeah. Or side quest drive, anyone? <laughs> wow. Actually, I think I've got one of those dusty in a drawer somewhere. I've, I've got I several. used to keep them to show my students when I was teaching technology because they didn't believe me when I told them disks looked like that at one time Mm -hmm. and so I would pull them out because now you know all these kids are used to CDs and flash drives they're not used to any kind of discs right and so I showed them the discs and they're like oh my goodness it's kind of funny well when I I can remember saving programs on cassette tape oh yeah audio cassette I do too when before we went to Germany my parents actually like taped the video channel straight for like a month and so when we were in Germany there was only one channel And, of course, right after we moved back, they got, like, 19 more. And it was very unfair. But when I lived there, there was only one channel. And so we had to watch, essentially, whatever they decided to put on there. And so my parents had this whole huge case. Yeah, or get a book. Well, I read a lot, too. My parents kept me in books, and I would go through them so quickly, they would be like, okay, what do we do now? And so, anyway, um, they had a whole huge case full of cassette tapes that I would pop in. And I think Donald Duck Presents. Yeah, videotapes. Yeah, and I think Donald Duck Presents was the one I watched the most often. And by the time I left Germany, I I had all of those memorized. So I was actually referring to um, a computer program. Yeah. Uh, saving oh, it on really? yeah Comedy. before before floppies, you would you would use a uh, audio cassette tape to save the um, files. Really? Yep. Yeah. See, see how young you are. <coughs> I, I, I'll I'm feeling my, I'll kind of young myself, right now. This is great. I'll age myself <laughs> even more because the Commodore 64 just had its 20th. I think no, I can't remember. Actually, more probably older. And that used to have a cassette uh, tape system to put on uh, programs, especially the Spectrum mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think Spectrum did. And uh, I worked in a, an electrical store selling these computers. And when new games used to come in, we would make a compilation tape. So we'd get, because <laughs> it is a, the easiest pirate system in the world. Yeah. Because a lot of the time you just copy the tape onto another tape. And as long as the quality was relatively high, you then go home and play the game. So right. every time and, any and, new games come in, we'd just record them onto a tape and take them home. <laughs> right. And you could actually record multiple, you, know, you just queue it up to, you know, seven minutes and whatever. And that's your next game. And yeah, record. exactly. So you, you yeah. get a 90 minute tape and you can probably get 200 games on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <sighs> the good old it's, days. Um, and then, and then they ruined it by doing this thing where you had to find a particular word in the book in the in the book. Do you remember those? Where the, these, these sort of um, pirate, anti-pirate systems they brought in. It'd say go to the manual, find page 12 15th word in and then type that into the into the computer. Oh no, I don't recall that. Oh, hideous. Yeah, hideous. <laughs> but I, I do remember floppy drives where you could just um, take a hole punch and punch out a, a section of the, the disc to make it work. 
<laughs> take out the actual the, the protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good old days. Well, my husband was just informing me that the tapes you were talking about, I probably knew them as zip drives. Mm, no, nope. that was that was later. Yeah. No, Jeppy says that was later. Much yeah, At least later. Were, these were the same cassette machines that you used to put in front of the television to record music shows, or, or yeah, just the standard or audio. Radio <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling kind of young right now. Do you remember doing that? Up. I like remember, feeling young. We used to have a TV show called Top of the Pops, which would play all the lo- latest number ones and and the the ten the top ten chart. And I remember vividly with a, a cassette machine, placing it in front of the TV set, pressing record and lit so that I could record the tunes, but then you'd be listening to the latest number one and all of a sudden you hear your dad going, turn that bloody thing down! <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have Top of the Parts Pops, I think uh, American Bandstand was our, our version of that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. What's that bloody noise? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we would use bloody here, there would be other things on that cassette tape that would turn it very non-G. Anyway, Here's another one. It says, if you have a parrot and you don't teach it to say, help, they've turned me into a parrot, you're wasting everybody's time. If you have a parrot and you don't teach it to say, help, they've turned me into a parrot, you're wasting your time. Wasting everybody's time. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No? Okay. That was just... (laughs) <laughs> the trouble with, with people who get these, uh, who think they're being funny on Twitter, they, they very rarely are. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was funny. It would be funny to teach your parrot to say, help, they've turned me into a parrot. People would look at you funny. I was trying to think of I, I don't know who's, who's uh, aggregating these, these tweets, but they either have a very bad sense of humor or, <laughs> you know, they're just maybe working from a, a, a small set here. A small group of people. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I, I, it seems to me that even in in my Twitter feed, there's probably a, a handful of tweets that are um, more entertaining. I have to admit that when I go onto Twitter, I don't purposely try to be funny most of the time. I mean, it's we did occasionally notice. yes, but <sighs> me. <laughs> Not being mean. Same sure. way it is. Same way everybody else mm-hmm. is thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, like, I, I'm not finding. Uh, I think it, yeah, I, I think I just, I just didn't pick person. things very well today. <laughs> Everything's just kind of bombing. Yeah, you've done a really poor job. What I kind did. of host are you? <sighs> Obviously, not a very good one. I just think they're overbilling you here with uh, the week's most hilarious tweets. Yeah, they. It was, a, it was misleading. I thought it was actually supposed to be funny. Overpromising and under-delivering. Yeah, so it's their fault? Are you saying that it's not my fault, it's their fault? Sure, we can, we can play it like that. He's <laughs> <laughs> being very kind. Yes, indeed. All right, we'll just, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll blame them. That's it. All right, so I have a couple of news stories that hopefully they will bring some forth some sort of conversation since we've kind of had... You know, this is the first time we've had any bomb, I think. No, they've all bombed. No, we they managed have not. to save them. But, um, yeah, these ones, they're just too far past saving. Do you know what I hate? I, I've just discovered that, that yesterday or the day before there was a wow exploit, which I completely missed, and now it's been fixed. Don't you hate that? Yes. Why do I always find out two days after it's been hot fixed? I, I wish I, I wish I could tell you, Jeffy. There should be some kind of a some kind of an inside track that that you know. I'm certainly missing you go to find out about these things. Yeah, I would have exploited the hell out of that one. <laughs> Yeah, but then you would have—they probably would have taken it all back, taken it all back. And you know, I always, I always feel bad. Why, why tell you after the fact that they fixed it? Yeah, right? you know, it's, it's kind of like man and man. For those that did find no. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. 
Yeah, anyway, okay. My husband was reading me a bunch of stories this morning from newsoftheweird.com. And, you know, I, I've gone to this website often, actually, and I just didn't, I didn't stick with it. And this one just says it's the current column for today. And um, one of them just, he read it to both Jeppy and I before we started. And both of us were just like, this doesn't make any sense. And so it's his lead story, Overdose of Evidence. In August, the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration dropped all charges against a doctor who's been at the center of a prescription drug fraud case because, said prosecutors, they have too much evidence against him and not enough space to store it. <laughs> so they dropped the whole case? Yeah, so they dropped Reasonable it. to me. This is the U.S. Attorney, the U.S. Attorney in Northern Iowa said her office needs to clear out the 400,000 paper documents and the two terabytes of electronic data, the latter of which, under current technology, takes up little space, but in DEA's antiquated computer system hogs 5% of the agency's worldwide electronic usage. The accused, Dr. Armando Angelo, has lived since 2004 in Canada, which will not extradite him. He remains under indictment in state charges in Florida. And so they have too much evidence, therefore they're just going to drop it. Well, not consolidate so it. The, not the issue is that he lives in a country where they can't get it. So right. it's more of an issue of we decided to finally, you know, destroy this this evidence that is taking up too much space. Well, but I, I would think they could, you know, compress it somehow. Well, sure, yeah, you or know, pick the most important part. Not that difficult. Uh, they could probably zip it down and uh, you know, save it on a uh, on a few discs. Probably, right. you know. Right, exactly. But instead, they're just throwing it all out. Yeah, well, most, most likely space. they're not. Yeah, most likely they're not going to be able to get to him anywhere. So, well, once you cut bait, he's in Panama, mm-hmm. living like a king. Probably. Sometime he must come out. Uh, why? It's a country. It's not a house. He's <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hanging around the borders, waiting for him to pop well, maybe, his head out. Maybe he'll have, you know, a, a drug fraud convention to attend, and he'll have to leave. A fraudulent yeah. drug convention? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Drug Four Twenty Twelve. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was. It says that that's from the Associated Press via Ames Tribune in eight six twenty twelve eight sixteen twenty twelve. So. Well, we have a guy here. Uh, I think he's quite famous around the world now, called Julian Assange, mm-hmm. who uh, who's the WikiLeaks guy. Right. And he is he's in, he's in the Ecuadorian embassy. Why? Because he he's he was being extradited to of all places Sweden to face. Uh, Rape charges, right? yeah, mm-hmm. and um, he said sod that, and he he's he's because he, I mean, he's saying that the reason it's all set, it's all a huge setup and a whole a huge conspiracy that you know there's there's obviously no, there's no foundation to the charges and therefore it's just because he is the WikiLeaks guy and it's you know it's a government thing, and so the Ecuadorian said, yep, yeah, come on in, we'll we'll give you you know sanctuary, and then the other day he does a a, a speech from the balcony of the Ecuadorian embassy. I mean. I don't, I have to be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about all of that. That seems a bit... I think he should go to the place and face the charges. I don't see... I don't why, understand uh, why countries would hide criminals from other countries. Because well, if they if they it, committed the crimes in another country, you have to think that they're going to commit the crimes there too. Well, he... Potentially. I mean, it's a bit more, it's a bit more politically fueled than that, to be honest. Because he, he's saying, that, of course, that, that... I mean, he's using the fact that he's, he's quite wanted by many governments, most particularly the U.S. government. Right. Because of... Uh, because yeah, of they want him really badly. Because of the the exposure that he's done that he's done but um and that also that, that if he were to be extradited to sweden which does have uh, strong extradition policies with the u.s that he'd probably get extradited to the u.s and could possibly face a death sentence so right. 
So of course there's a bit more to it than that, but still, it just seems. I mean, then, then um, I'm sure, I hope it is Ecuador. It may not be Ecuador, but it's, it's, a, it's a Latin, it's a, you know, Latin Spanish country. They're saying, well, if the British police come in and try and get him, there'll be a war and all this. It's completely out of hand. It's pretty crazy. Just over one man. Oh, this guy, yeah. And and you know, I know that there's lots of people who support freedom of information, and Julian Assange to a lot of people is quite a uh, respected figure because of you know the things that he's done. Although actually, I feel more sorry for the guy. In the US soldier who's being held who doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. getting as much support and notoriety right. far more than Julian Assange it seems to me quite a bit creepy quite creepy to be honest <laughs> seem, <laughs> that the criminal uh, is held in more regard than the soldier well the Bradley Manning was the guy who actually uh, got hold of all this documentation this was the um, was it the Iraq stuff it may have been the I think it was the Iraq stuff and, he, and he's being held without charge I mean he's he's really deep up, you know he's being held deep not mm-hmm. getting out anytime soon meanwhile this other guy who, who basically Basically, I think on nice kind of profited off this guy's leakage. Right. Is, uh, is that mm. may not be necessarily a popular view, but it just annoys me a wee bit. Mm. Well, we he don't did. always stay popular. <laughs> well, he does. He, he just. He just. I mean, the guy just seems just seems a little bit dodgy. Yeah, a little bit. Right. So mm-hmm. the the question is: Is the Ecuadorian government saying? We believe that you're innocent and uh, you are being set up and these are false accusations and you're just being well, tried yeah, because... I yeah, I think they're basically taking the stand that, that it's uh, an American-led conspiracy in order for him to get into a witch hunt. That will, yeah. Hmm. But, what, um, I mean, it, I... I Maybe I don't know enough about the story, but why would why would Ecuador care? Yeah, that's one thing. Why why would they care? Maybe he's paying them. Well, this is going to get incredibly political as well, but I think I'll, I'll dive on in. <laughs> <laughs> the UK has a small problem with many South American countries, particularly Argentina, because a while back um, Argentina have a claim over a small set of islands called the Falklands, and I'm sure people may be aware of that. And um, the South American um, bloc of countries has been has been particularly anti-British lately. And I think there may be a part of that. You know, there might be a part of that that they say, well, you know, this will, this will rub salt in the wound and we'll take him. So, so forth. I have no idea why he chose the Ecuadorian embassy or whether they approached him or what. But yeah, that's. But at some stage, he needs to. Because as you know, embassies are are considered to be part of the soil of the country that runs them. So if you're in the Ecuadorian embassy, you're technically in Ecuador. But at some stage, you'll have to. Leave Leave that embassy in order to go to Ecuador, where he's where he's going. He's been offered sanctuary. Unless they stage. like take a helicopter and put it on the roof. Well, uh, they won't be doing that in the middle of London. But so, <laughs> you know, so some stage he's going to have. Like you were saying, this guy pops his head out of uh, Panama. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, yeah. Hold up in the middle of London, you know, flouting the legal process. Someone's just got to have a lot of a lot of gumption to purposely piss off that many people. Yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a strange fella, to say the least. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Anyway, there's another one that we thought was rather ridiculous, and it's actually on the same page on News of the Weird. It says, If Megan Dusky's parents had been with her that night in 2010, perhaps they would have insisted she, dressed as the comic book hero Super Spectre, not try to slide down the railing during the Halloween-themed ball at the Chicago Palmer House Hilton Hotel, but she did slide down, and she fell four floors to her death. Nonetheless, in July 2012, the parents filed a $500,000 lawsuit against Hilton and other entities 
claiming that the death of Miss Dusky at age 23 was the hotel's and the sponsor's fault. So this 23-year-old woman decided to slide down the railing. She fell four floors. She died, and her parents are suing the hotel. Yeah, I, this is another case of people just not taking responsibility for their own actions. She's, she's 23. If she doesn't know not to do something stupid at 23, there's a problem. Right. I think it's the parenting, not the hotel. Right. <laughs> and so... Well, you know, I, I understand that the parents... I mean, that's terrible for the parents to have lost their, their child. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's got to be terrible. But, you know, suing suing the hotel isn't going to bring her back. And, um, you know, quite frankly, it's really not the hotel's fault. For it's having not the hotel's fault. I mean, really, but if you think about it, when the lady spilled a cup of coffee in her lap and then had an accident, the whole McDonald's thing, you know, caution, coffee is hot. Right. That wasn't McDonald's fault either. Right. Well, no. And she it, coffee, it, coffee's going to be hot, but she won. Right. Um, and she shouldn't have. No. Uh, and so I think this has maybe a lot to do with just greed. Well, of course. And, and we've become a very litigious society um, where, you know, if we feel that we've been wrong, <laughs> that's the in word any, that's on there. Anyway. The litigious society. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, you know, but we feel like, you know, we, we're entitled. It's a very entitled, entitled feeling, you know, where we feel like, we deserve something and you know shame on you for you know doing me wrong and i'm going to get something for it yeah. which is right. you know just nonsense it's yeah it's uh and every time one of these bug. cases is successful it spawns another 50 you know so. right exactly yes yeah, and especially terrible. they make a big deal out of them and quite frankly uh, you know it's in some ways blame the, the the legal systems for perpetuating this if the judge that comes up you know that this comes in front of was you know able to just say you know are you serious you know get get out of here this is uh, you know it's an accident go home you know terribly sorry for your loss but you know nobody owes you anything right you know i think people should they, know they, that. They, they perpetuate it by you know allowing these cases to go on trouble is that, right. as far as i can tell from the american legal system there's so many escalation places you can go to if things aren't going your way that you it, it seems to me that you know it doesn't the, the route to success for a litigant is so varied you know that you can say okay i'll go to this court and if that doesn't help then i can go to this court and if that doesn't help i can go to this well court. it's not free i mean every court that they go to they're spending more and more and more money oh, sure. and so eventually it gets to the point where but you also you have a system where uh, lawyers will take you on basically right. free and they'll take the cut out of what you get. Yeah. That's true. No win, no fee type situations. Right. And that exactly. ha- that is probably the worst decision that any legal system has ever done because what you what have you got to lose? Right. Right. Uh, I might as well go. I might as well sue. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy system. Right. But, you know, it's, we, it's we, pretty... we have also gone that way as well. We, we now have no win, no fee system as well. But yeah. uh, we, our judges seem to be more keen to say, oh, you know, Shut off. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, it, it's kind of like when a student comes up and asks me. I had one last week. Miss, do you assign homework? I was like, I am not even going to justify that with an answer. And I actually turned around and walked off. I was like, this is not even worth my time. I think that's what the judges should do. Yeah. Exactly. And this is not worth my time. Well, you know, it's it's frustrating because it, the, oh, even awesome. even outside of the legal system, there's this this prevalent idea that the squeaky wheel gets oiled, and you know, if you raise your voice loud enough, you're going to get what you want, and that's mm-hmm. you know feeds into this whole system. Definitely, yeah. And I, I you're right. I think the word you used early on, entitlement. This this idea that it is very that no matter no matter your personal responsibility, somehow somebody else is to blame, and you're entitled to something because of that. It's very, it's this, this yeah. lack of self, uh, 
which I think the white word, I think you may have already used that, but, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, and I, I see this every day, people not taking responsibility for what they have done, and, you know, if they keep yelling loud enough and it goes up high enough up the chain, then eventually someone's going to say, oh, well, geez, you know, of course, here you go. Let's uh, let's reward this behavior, and, uh, you know, that's going to just happen again. And just, yeah, and it just, oh, the detriment of our, to the, de- bleh, I obviously can't talk today, to the detriment of our society, too. I mean, the more people that get away with this, the more it's going to become common because people are going to be like, oh, well, all I have to do is act like this, and I'm going to get whatever I want. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. you know, it's like a four-year-old throwing a tantrum and realizing that the parents don't want them to throw tantrums, so they'll get what they want to get out of it. Right. Some more and more tantrums. Well, and it's very much this, this you know, everybody's a winner, uh, you know, everybody gets a medal for, for showing up kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, and I know you're a teacher, so I, I don't know, maybe I'm on, on dangerous ground here. Because um, it, it seems to me when I when I was growing up in school, you, you know, there was definitely a, a reward for success and, you know, not necessarily a disincentive, but... You know, you weren't rewarded for coming in, you know, 20th place. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, you didn't get an A for effort. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, there oh, wasn't no, this, I, this, you know, everybody gets a trophy kind of an idea mentality. No, I very much believe that the students need to work hard. And I try to, in my classroom, promote an idea that, you know, if you don't put any effort forth, you're not going to get anything back. And that's what you need to realize. You don't put any effort forth, you know, you're... Or if you're asking, do I pass every student? No. Right. You know, the students, that's not fair to the students who do the work. No. It's, it's not. And it's not fair to the students who don't those, do the work. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's, it, you're, not, you're not incentivized to try. Right. You know, but there, you're there not are, doing them you know, any favors. You're not doing anyone any favors. What you're doing is you're softening a nation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is, thank you, Jackie. You've just cauterized my, my point. However, I do believe there is a very large difference between a student who walks in, tries 110%, and doesn't quite make it, and a student who walks teacher. in and doesn't do crap. You matched it. Math, yes. 110%. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, a student that walks in and they give their all and they're honest to goodness trying their best versus a student who comes in and does absolutely nothing. Right. There is a very large difference between those two. But no matter what, they still have to earn their grades. And what it is is that student who's sitting there and they're trying their best, I tell the kids, I'm like, you know, if you're sitting there, you're trying your best and you make a 50, I can see where your gaps are and I can help you fulfill them. Right. I, and, you walk in and you blow it off and you get a 50, I don't know where your gaps are because you didn't try. And I'm not, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating that we don't, you know, that effort shouldn't be rewarded because absolutely if someone's trying harder than everybody else and still just isn't quite getting it you know sure their efforts should be should be recognized it's the ones who you know just show up well the thing is though is the ones who are trying their hardest and still their effort just isn't quite good enough passing them on isn't necessarily the way to go either because if you think about it every year especially in what i teach you need the previous year's information to be successful in the next year sure so if you pass on a student whether or not they've given 110 percent, if you pass on a student that is not ready then it is only setting them up for even more struggles the next year right i'm not saying well yeah and i'm 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 not saying that they should be sent through the system and just oh no that's not i i didn't think that you were i was just making sure that um because i don't know there's a lot of people that well why are you gonna you know why are you gonna punish this kid when they're trying so hard it's not a punishment you're just trying to you know we're we as teachers are trying to prepare them right and if they're not prepared passing them on when they're unprepared is 
more cruel than anything else. Because they're more cruel. Yeah, exactly. Well, like my husband just said, yeah, I don't think y'all heard him. He was real quiet. But it's setting them up for future failure. Yeah. You know, you pass them on when they're not ready. You pass them on when they do not have the necessary knowledge. And how are they going to do the next year? They don't have the knowledge to make it through that year, to even start it. It's not fair to that child. They think it's not fair that they get held back. But you know what? I think it's not fair to pass them on. (laughs) So I, I think there's a there's a it's happening here a lot, and I I have children at school age who are going through the system at the moment, and we actually took our children out, our oldest two, out of the school system mm-hmm. and educate them at home because it's, things are just going so hideously wrong, because they they were cookie cutting basically. You know, you say every every individual has the same. Uh, level and so and that's and this, not is, true. this is the cookie cutter system. So that we, if you don't necessarily fit within that cookie cutter system, then we'll sort of like push you to the side, and that's how it's going to work. But every, I think every individual does have levels of talent in certain areas, mm-hmm. you know. And whether, and and the fact that you're not nec- not everybody's going to be a rocket scientist. The this, the, um, the education should be looking for those areas of expertise. They should be working. But they, yes, but they, they don't. Should. They they don't do that. They they say, well, if you're not in this stream then you know we're not sure what we can do with you and so what tends yeah. to happen is that they're forced into a stream which they which they can't necessarily cope with and and you know things go horribly wrong that's that's the way it happens it's very incredibly frustrating and i think and i can certainly appreciate that an education system financed the way it is i'm talking about the uk now means that mm-hmm. you can't individually cater the curriculum to a person sure. but there has to be some of that there has to be some of that and and by just saying mm, okay everybody in the maths class passes <laughs> and we move them on to the next maths class and everybody in the maths class passes or whatever it's just not doing anybody any favors because no it's not it's, it's, it's very frustrating well here we have a very large push toward um individualized instruction even in a classroom that has you know 30 kids where you know your kids well enough to know this child has trouble with this they're going to need some extra support on this you know on this step this child has trouble with this they're going to need some extra support on this step and developing systems and ways to give the kids the support that they need despite the fact that you're also trying to teach a full group right and so I'll be honest it's you know it's it's tough it's a lot of work but if a person is willing to put in the work it is very rewarding for the students in the classroom of course I'm speaking from a perspective of my smallest class is 6 and my largest class is 16 so I mean I I have the ability to group my students and say okay I can I know these students are good at this and have trouble with this so I'm going to group them together that way they can support each other through the struggles because they all struggle with the same thing and they can build it together you know or if they have trouble I can help them together and but you know teachers with larger classrooms teachers with 35 40 students in their classrooms it would be much harder yes. for them to do it and my goodness i would think for them it would seem almost an impossible task but uh that's the push that they have here is individualized instruction you hear it all the time individualized instruction yes you have 16 20 students in your classroom but you need to individualize your instruction for every single student in some way and so we do um multiple teaching styles to try to reach all the different um learning you know all the different learning styles and so each lesson would have you know hands-on it would have auditory it would have kinet or kinesthetic it would have i mean all sorts of different things thrown in there so each child who picks up things in different ways will have a different opportunity to pick it up in a different form. That sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. 
but it is rewarding. And it's a whole lot more fun to actually get up and have your class move around. And also another thing that is very much um, promoted here is called a student-led classroom rather than a teacher-led classroom, which in math, you know, you kind of have to have a fair balance because there's things that the teacher has to teach the students. They're not going to come in knowing how to do something. But then it, it's how to facilitate the classroom in such a way that the students can kind of take over and discover more instead of a just, us just giving, us, giving them the information and them regurgitating it. Student-led classroom sounds to me a little bit like the inmates running the asylum. <laughs> it's actually not as bad as that. And believe it or not, it's when the students are running the classroom and you run a lesson by discovery, it's a lot less exhausting for the teacher. Now, it is very frustrating for the teacher because as a teacher, our automatic response is, okay, I want to tell you the answer to this. And we have to nip that response. I, have a, I actually have a person who comes into my classroom that helps me often. And I have to tell her, you can't help them today. They have to figure it out themselves. And she's like, <laughs> and it bugs her. And uh, it's funny because the students will watch me say that to her and they'll watch her reaction and she knows they watch because the second she walks in the classroom all the students run to her to ask her the questions because they know that I'm trying to guide them to that rather than just telling them and they know that she'll tell them sure Uh, a lead-led instruction kind of a yeah and so you know instead of me giving them the answer I give them a nudge in the right direction and the students actually remember a lot more when they figure it out themselves of course because you know it took a lot more thought if I just told it to them it takes two seconds they don't have to think about it at all but if they have to sit there and figure it out it takes more time and that's not to say that I just hand them something and walk off no but you know it's it, that's something that's a big promotion here anymore is letting the students guide their own learning which is hard because we have a certain amount that we have to get through and some students simply move at a different pace than the rest but we do the best we can you know sure so but yeah it, it, it is exhausting I come home very tired that is why the episode from a week and a half ago still hasn't been edited but it is on uh, it's on my schedule for tomorrow I swear <laughs> alright our next news story comes from well it's not even a news story and it's one that I mentioned earlier and I went ew and Jeppy went mmm so let's see what your take is on it you can be the tiebreaker are you still uh, posting the links here yep there it is fantastic <laughs> it's a chocolate eclair hot dog it says, as soon as you see it, you ask, why did it take until now for this to happen? Two things that were forever destined to collide together in beautiful harmony. Hot dog and chocolate eclair. I, I'm a little bit repulsed right now. Uh, yeah, that was, I was like, ew. Yeah, you have soup with your bacon, do you? Right. Well, but Just throw that, another piece of bacon in there and, and you're all set. <laughs> I'm sorry, did but you it's say... it's not whipped cream and chocolate. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't read the whole uh, story here. No, I mean, like, he says that, you know, I'll get syrup on my bacon and I'm okay with it. But I'm sorry, syrup is not equivalent to whipped cream and chocolate. Oh, but this eclair actually is whipped cream and chocolate. Is what you're yes, it has whipped cream and chocolate in it. Hot dog. Absolutely disgusting. Thank you. Jeppy, you are outvoted. No, it's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) He was telling us about where he would go and get Twinkies with hot dogs in them. Mm -hmm. Lovely. (laughs) Twinkies with hot dogs? Yeah, there was a a guy uh, in Piraeus in the port of Athens. He used to sell Twinkies. He used to to basically dig a hole and put a hot dog in and deep fry the whole lot. So I used to make a beeline there for that when I got off the ship. Yeah, that doesn't sound appealing to me either. I mean, I I love a good Twinkie, but... uh, um... And do you like a good hot dog? Um, occasionally, yes. Okay, we'll see. Putting them together, those are just two things that I wouldn't put together. No, I'm I'm not a huge hot dog fan, um, but I I will eat the, uh, you know, a hot dog occasionally, um, a little mustard and relish, but, um, I, you know, I, what, I don't know. I, I don't, (laughs) I don't understand why you would put these two things together. 
<laughs> and this, 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 you know, where they said, you know, why did it take this until now for this to happen? Yeah, because exactly. it's, it's, it's wrong. That's why. <laughs> it's wrong on so many levels. It, it says at the bottom, but this tops it for us. It looks so right, yet so wrong. We're off to our local bakery and butcher to make one for ourselves now. Now, I will admit this. While I'm looking at it, I'm going, ew, I also have the desire to make it just to find out what in the world it tastes like. Exactly. It's bad. It tastes bad. You don't have to. <laughs> the, only problem, the only problem I find with it is that your hot dog is not known for its uh, good food content. It's not, no. it's not the sort of thing you necessarily will be mixing with a dessert. So this that's is like heart attack on an eclair, though. I mean, eclair is not known for its nutritional values either. Because if somebody said, well, look, I'm going to give you a chocolate eclair yeah. and the main ingredient is going to be lips and arseholes, you'd be like, mm, that's pretty much what a hot dog is. Yes. Uh, well, that's, that's why you get all beef dogs. So it's, it's a, a cow, oh, cow lips beef, and arseholes. Cow lips and arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't spit it out fast enough. No pun intended. Would you? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. All over. I don't know. Especially I if just you put chocolate on it. Yeah. So now you're now you're describing it in detail. I don't feel so happy getting one. Yeah. It has. I mean, did you did you not look at the picture? I looked at the picture and went, hmm. Oh. But I mean, you can see the chocolate and the whipped cream and the, and the hot sprinkles and the. I love hot dogs. Now, oh. okay, so maybe maybe if you were to take this and turn it, and instead of having the normal eclair filling with with sprinkles on it, maybe if that was some kind of a sour cream with little bacon bits bacon or something. Bits. Yeah, bacon bits. Yeah, and then and take off the chocolate. Take off the chocolate, so or maybe make a it a savory, dog. a savory. <laughs> yes, what I yes. I guess what I'm describing is something that looks like looks like it could be an eclair, but isn't really an eclair. That that would be better, I think, if it if it was just like appeared to be an eclair, but it was actually you know, you know, kind of like when they make these these uh, uh, cakes that are you know it's just a regular traditional decorated cake, but it looks like a hamburger. Yeah, you know? that I could go for, but this one I don't know because that it seems like that's the actual hot dog and the actual eclair. Yeah, and I'm actually getting that's exactly sick. Exactly what it is. Yeah. And one of the comments, I can't even look at this picture without feeling nauseous. Why would someone do this? Why? And then someone else, I'll take three, please. Yeah. It, it seems like it's a mixed reaction. But ugh, ugh. Yeah, I just. <laughs> okay, we'll move past that one. I think. Okay, well, I think that this one is the last one that I actually have for us today. I don't have a heartwarming. I couldn't really find anything that it made me go, aww. And oftentimes the things that make me go, aww, make Jeppy go, what? Anyway, so <laughs> I guess it does, it's not that big of a loss. However, this one is kind of cool. It's not heartwarming. It's kind of cool. And it says, and the link says eight-year-old message in a bottle, but it's actually 98-year-old. A 98-year-old message in a bottle sets a world record. And it says that it was scooped up from the sea after 98 years, and now officials say a bottle, or I'm um, oh, sorry, a message in a bottle discovered in Scotland has set an official world record. Fisherman Andrew Leber found the bottle, released in 1914, in his nets in April while sailing east in the Shetland Islands, which lie off of Scotland's northern coast. Guinness World Records confirmed Thursday the find is the oldest message in a bottle ever recovered, beating the previous record by five years. It was released in a batch of 1,890 bottles in a government experiment to map the undercurrents of the seas around Scotland. Inside each bottle, a Coast Guard asks the finder to record the details of the discovery and promises a reward of a sixpence. Unfortunately for Leper, the coin no longer exists. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so this is this is uh, originally a government-sponsored <laughs> littering. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what if someone found it, put it in a new bottle, and then put it back in? Why? To... Why would they? <laughs> what, what did they? What did that they achieve from having the oldest? Nobody, nobody profited from it, did they? Well, that's true, I suppose. <laughs> well, I don't know. They got the his name. Is it, to be out control, really. He's forever known as the man who found the bottle off of Scotland's northern coast. Mr. Mr. Some Leaper. Some people do anything for fame. Yeah. Some people will do anything for fame. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's valid. I guess it, if you think about it, it's actually a pretty ingenious way to try to map those currents. Just drop the bottles and see which directions they go. I don't think they expected one to stay in there for 98 years, but it's pretty ingenious. What did that show them, though? It was a very slow cut. <laughs> that one is. <laughs> I wonder how many they found within the first year or two, or how many so were the found problem, of course, never sent. Th- this is going to be incredibly stereotypical, and I apologize to any Scottish listeners, I don't think we've got any, is that that bottle's <laughs> probably been fished out of the water dozens of times, found to be empty with no liquor in it, and thrown back. <laughs> <laughs> like, who wants a piece of paper full of that? Chuck it back in. <laughs> I don't know, I just... I thought it was kind of cool. Keith Orr actually sent me this one earlier this week when he was on the road still. So. Well, yeah, and you hear about these these message in the bottle stories every once in a while in the news, you know, where someone finds this message, you know, 20 years later kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, it seems like every couple of years these stories pop up. Yeah, there was one recently about a love letter. bubbling about in the ocean. Hold on, I just clicked on the link that says, German man suspected of blowing up daughter's boyfriend. Blowing up? Blowing up, yes. This is blowing up. Does she have an inflatable boyfriend? Hmm. <laughs> no, that's not heartwarming. And I, I don't know if it's inflatable. I have not. It has not yet come up. Those are it's always really disappointing. Those inflatable ones. Oh really? There's you have much experience like the girl with that. On the box. Well, no. I was going to say because this is the boyfriend thing, so you know it would be have to be an inflatable man. Yeah, I'm sure that could well. be done. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know there were four orifices. And it was in Berlin. It says, police in the German city of Cologne say they have arrested a 52-year-old man on suspicion of blowing up his daughter's boyfriend. Prosecutors said Tuesday that the suspect appeared to have forced his way into the victim's apartment late Monday and poured gasoline on the floor. The gasoline evaporated, causing a powerful explosion that hurled the 17-year-old from a fourth-floor window. Whoa. The kid died? Yeah, he died at the scene. Next time he'll Police... pull back, won't he? Oh, goodness. Police say the suspect was also injured in the blast and is currently in an induced coma. The man had previously threatened the boyfriend because he was unhappy about the relationship with his daughter. I don't know. I think that's a little extreme. I, I'm, I'm going to call foul here. The, the story, you think so? the, Well, the story sounds a little suspicious. He, he poured gasoline in this kid's house. Yeah, he just poured the gasoline. It evaporated and blew up. That's what it says. Okay, but how, how, long, how long would it take for, for you know, a gallon of gasoline to evaporate? Oh, no. Gasoline actually evaporates pretty quickly. Does it? Yeah. But the guy's still in the vicinity. It, it, so close right, to being blown up himself. That seems weird. I it, yeah. I would think it would probably take a couple of hours at least for it to you know physically evaporate. Maybe I don't know, but maybe he was staying to see if it worked. Hmm. So kind of like you know the criminal returning to the scene of the crime type situation. It's like God, oh, he's not blown up yet. To burn the, the the guy's house was that it? I don't know. Yeah, my husband says also it depends on how much he was trying to soak. But if he was trying to soak the entire apartment or just where the kid was, or what? If he was trying to soak the entire apartment or just where the kid was, but my my situation here is. is I mean, why else would he be there? Was the kid asleep when this was happening? I mean, it doesn't say whether it, he was asleep it, or awake. 
Right. Well, if you were to come home with and and you know you you would certainly smell that. I would think you would smell it. Yeah. I had. I. It doesn't say anything about why the seventeen-year-old was there, or if he was there when the guy poured the gasoline, or anything like that. It doesn't say anything. It well, just I mean, says if, that if it rolled him out the window and he died. Up with it, yeah. You have to be in the house, but what condition was the kid in? Oh, well, that's a good question. Was the kid tied up? Was the kid drunk? Drugged? What? Hmm. Did you hear that? Yeah. Because, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, you would think that, that a normal person smelling gasoline would leave. Would get up and run. Right. Right. And so you would think. You would you would think that. And I, I, I guess my point was that the guy would have had to pour gasoline and hung around at the house for quite a while or a fair amount of time. It's not just a question but of what him the story doesn't say out. is that he was actually living at his girlfriend's house. <laughs> 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 that would be messed up. <laughs> I'm going to blow Oh my goodness, there's all sorts of people killing other people's stories. This is what I want to avoid. Okay. <laughs> I find lots of things on here. Like, I'm not looking at the bottom anymore. I just, I opened this one because of the whole blowing up the daughter's boyfriend thing. I thought it was a bit extreme, but apparently, literally. If you like up. stories about killing people's boyfriends, uh, check these out. You think CSI will use it? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's right. got a lot of uh, sizzle with him coming out the window, you know, being blown out the window and everything. That that would probably be, make a good uh, film. Well, well, CSI takes actual cases. Sure. So and uh, twist them. I'm sure they would come, in fictional. come across the guy on the lawn, you know, in the middle of nowhere, burnt and singed, and uh, then they have to piece it all back together. Yeah. Cipher's agreeing. Yeah, he, he thinks that it would be it would be good. <laughs> but still, I think it's a little drastic. I mean, if you don't like your daughter's boyfriend, there are other ways to handle that. Sure, kneecap him. <laughs> you have a daughter? No, no. No, because you sound like a dad right but now. But when you do, you are planning <laughs> to kneecap every boyfriend. Sure. No, he said kneecap him. Okay. Yeah, he, my husband agrees with that one. See, because we do have a daughter, yeah. as you heard earlier, I'm sure. But, mm-hmm. yep, yep. All right, well, that's actually what I had. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so when the the last wrong, one was a... Really, what now? It's all gone hate to see wrong, hasn't it? To be honest. <laughs> you just, no, you're I just saying that because so. you don't want to edit it. I'm not editing it. <laughs> You're not editing it? Put my foot down. Okay, well, I, I, I so happen if I, if to I, if I record get, it as well. If I can well, get so. 15 minutes out of this, then, you know, she's... Oh, whatever, Jim. <laughs> you know, actually, do you know what's funny about some of the ones that I've, I've sat through and I'm like, God, that was bad. I was horrible. I did this. I did that. I listen through it later and I'm like, oh, that's not bad at all. Mm. But, I mean, that, that's been... This hasn't been, of course, the most hilarious episode. And we've had some real uh, stink bombs of stories. Sorry about that. But... I tried, I swear. We we had some funny stories. We we touched on some some more serious topics, so it's been kind of a you know, a little bit of a, a, a potluck, a little mixed bag. There you go. It's been a bit of a uh, bit of a sweet little something savory. for everybody. Yeah. A little sweet and savory. <laughs> a bit a bit of syrup, and, and syrup on your bacon. Syrup on the bacon. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. Maybe we do have something good we can end with. Wait. Five great jokes about engineers. Let's see if this one's a liar too. Is it the same as the Twitter stuff? I've I've now no. gone through all twenty of them and I couldn't find a winner. Yeah, I actually went through and I went through the next 20 from the previous week and I wasn't impressed there either. It says, who says engineers don't have a sense of humor when EDN posted a blog in late June asking you, its audience, for your best jokes about engineers and engineering. More than 60 jokes and comments were posted, each of which gave us a good laugh. In fact, they were so funny that we decided to turn the blog post into an open contest for our audience. So, oh, browse oh, browse through the five we selected based on their laugh factor and the comments posted in reply to the joke on the next pages. Be sure to check all the jokes out here and add your own. Okay, so let's see. Five great jokes about engineers. Are you ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't wait. 
JP hasn't said he's ready. I'm losing the will to live. Go on. No. <laughs> it says three engineers and three mathematicians. Hey, I'm a mathematician. Anyway, three engineers and three mathematicians are on a train going to a conference. The mathematicians each bought a ticket. The engineers have one between them. As the conductor starts through the train car, all the engineers all rush off and jump into the small lavatory. The conductor knocks on the door of the lavatory and says, Ticket, please. At which point, the engineers slide one ticket through the ventilation slot and the conductor punches it. The mathematician thinks this looks like a good trick and decide to try it on the train ride back home. As the mathematicians board the train, they have one ticket between them. The engineers have no ticket. After a while, one of the engineers says, here comes the conductor. So all three mathematicians jump up and run to the lavatory with their one ticket. One of the engineers goes to the lavatory door and says, ticket please. <laughs> Debbie's not amused. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be another fluke. Let's try the next one. They took the ticket. The engineers took the ticket from the mathematicians. They dissed mathematicians. <sighs> so basically this is engineers being rude about mathematicians. Well, that one was. Yes. Yeah. Okay, here's one about St. Peter. One, it was a long way to go. Yeah. Okay, if this, one, if this one isn't good, then we just are giving up on this, okay? <laughs> It says, engineer your own body. An engineer dies and is met at the pearly gates by St. Peter. St. Peter asks the engineer his name as he searches for it in the big book of life. St. Peter looks up and states, there's been a mistake. You're not due here for another 50 years. The engineer is distraught and asks what can be done. St. Peter replies, no problem. This happens more often than you think. Follow me. So they walk through the gates into a room with several bins in it. This is the body parts room. St. Peter takes the engineer to the legs, bins, and states. We have all kinds of legs to choose from, but relative to all the good you have done in life so far, you only get $500 worth to play with. The engineer sees this as the usual get the most for the least cost exercise, so decides to pick carefully and asks, how much are the super strong legs? Ten dollars each, replies St. Peter. The engineer is overjoyed and takes two. The next bin are arms, and the engineer buys two super strong arms for five dollars each. This is looking good, and the engineer is building a great body and dreaming about all the fun he will have when he gets back to Earth. They finally reach the brain bins, and the engineer asks, How much are the engineer's brains? Five thousand dollars an ounce, replies St. Peter. Five thousand dollars an ounce, exclaims the engineer. Why so much? St. Peter replies, Did you know how many engineers it gets to take, or do you know how many engineers it takes? to get an ounce out of brains? Okay, I think this is a bust. Aw, it's sad. Great. Uh, don't believe what you read on the internet. Apparently not. How many software engineers does it take to change a light bulb? None. That's a hardware issue. Oh. <sighs> mm. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no. Oh, what do you call a musician wearing a suit? What? The defendant. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he likes that one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's been just a car crash today. I, it's all good. I don't think it's been a car crash. Range of a tuba. You don't think it's been a car crash? No. What's the what? What's the range of a tuba? I don't know. About 20 yards if you have a good arm. Did you hear that one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeppy didn't laugh at either um, one of them. I don't think I'm right. ever going to laugh again. <laughs> Jeffy thinks he's never going to laugh again. Okay, I'll tell you one of my dirty jokes. You ready? No, no, don't do it. Just don't do it. But, but it's set good. yourself up for failure. No, it's good, I swear. Don't You can't just, tell people that a joke is good. And t- you can't do it. Okay, well, let me just tell you a dirty joke. 
Okay. Okay. So, there's this man. I haven't even started yet. Go on then. There were this man and this woman. Oh, God. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> well, yeah. you three, stop it. <laughs> Actually, it was just two. Cypher's being nice. Anyway. I'm reserving judgment. Yes. There were this man and this woman. They were about to have their 50th wedding anniversary. And so the man decided he wanted to go get her some lingerie. And so he goes into a store for lingerie and he says, I want the skimpiest thing you have. Most expensive and the skimpiest thing you have. And so they go back. They bring something out. And he goes, what is this? And they're like, well, we thought it was appropriate for your age. He's like, no, bring me some, bring me the skimpiest thing you have. And so they come out with something that's incredibly sheer. You know, you can barely see it, little bitty and everything. And he's like, oh, I'll take it. And so he takes it home to his wife. And he tells her to go upstairs and put it on, right? And so she goes upstairs. She opens it. And she's like, oh, my goodness. He paid this much for this? He, there's nothing there. I can go out those, on those stairs. I can stand there naked. He'll never know I'm not wearing it. I can take it back. And then I can get myself some shoes. And so... She goes back and she stands up on the top of the, the, the stairs and she's naked. And he looks up and he's like, oh, man, for that price, you would have thought they would have at least ironed it first. <laughs> Debbie still didn't laugh. That's, that's because you've, you've told me before. But, the, but, you, but you laughed the first time. No. Cypher hadn't heard it. I hadn't heard it. Cypher and this, is this probably is... the most polite podcaster I'm aware of. And so... this, is, this, is, this is topical, <laughs> being that the Chippy's anniversary is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Oh, really? Happy anniversary. Thank you. How many years do you have? Um, it's our 18th wedding anniversary, so oh, nice. 14 good years. Oh, what about the other four? Yeah, not everybody every year can be a winner. You know, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, happy anniversary. I was I was half expecting him to say, you know, 5 to 20. 5 to 20. <laughs> well, it's always the joke, isn't it? I would have been out by now if I'd killed her. But, right. yeah. <laughs> happy anniversary. Um, Keithor also says happy anniversary, Jeppy. Thank you. And please say happy anniversary to she who must be obeyed. Oh, I will. Probably still. If she believes I exist now. She still has her doubts. Yes. I think it's the whole in my own dreams thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I may have. Oh, I can't remember every joke I've told you, Jeppy. You That's the only it. joke you've ever told me, and you've done it about six is, times. <laughs> I have not, liar. Maybe five. Liar. I, I would. I would say if I told it to you before and then I told it now, it's probably at two, because if we, you, you see, do, if we you were are a maths teacher. <laughs> If, <laughs> I've told it to you before, and I've told it to you now, that would be two. 110 percent Well, the thing is, is, you know, because if we were just having our own conversations, which is the only place I would have told you this joke, you would have stopped me and said, I've heard it before. Stop it. Oh, I see. But you just let me continue this time. I did. Mm. That for his benefics. Right. Oh, my God. Well, he laughed. I just set fire to my hunter. How do I do that? Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. You, you set fire to your hunter. What the heck? <laughs> okay. I guess we should probably um, um, go ahead and... Um, Come to a close here. <laughs> well, Please. I'd like to uh, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a, uh, been a real experience. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> a real bad experience. You're thinking, oh man, never again. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. That's great. We are, we were very excited to have you. And when you volunteered, I was like, yay! I don't know you either, but yay! <laughs> because I mentioned with Hypnotoad, I was like, I didn't know you until, you know, Juno suggested I talk to him because he, she likes his accent. Yes. And so, yes, she's she's very much... Jeppy's accent and his accent, those are like her two top favorites in the world. And so we were talking about needing some cool accents because I had a long list of cool accents. And so Hypnotoad came up. And then when you volunteered, I was like, woohoo! And then when you volunteered to be with him, I was like, no, we want you separately. Because you're always together. 
together, of course, on The Addicted. And so, you know, this way you had the opportunity to come on by yourself. Well, I think our, our humor tends to play off of each other, so. That's okay. People, <laughs> there are people that work very well together. Sure. And so, Debbie will claim that the two of us are not one of them, but I will claim that we are. And so, um... <laughs> So I, get, I get the feeling that with you and Hypnotoad, with Hip, there's a there's a genuine friendship that it continues outside of the podcast. But with me and Dreams, basically, we know we come and we do the show, and then we don't talk again. That's bit, you know. He is a liar. <laughs> I have to I have to I have to be quite drunk to do this podcast. Yeah, he he's he's still lying. <laughs> he he's still lying. <sighs> Thankfully, it's it's already what five o'clock there. It is, yeah. So I, 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 I've already threw half a bottle. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> he does not have to be drunk. He's lying. Yeah, the sun is no, over there. Talk to quite a, we, we talk to each other quite often. I have to be drunk. Yay. Well, that's why you're not on here. Instead, you're making comments in the background. I, I certainly base my drinking around the oh, old gym by your quite right, Cypher. The sun never sets. <laughs> <laughs> it's always drinky time somewhere. It's always drinky time somewhere. I've been drunk as my husband says, it's five o'clock somewhere. There's a country song that says that, I think. I'm sure there's several country songs that sing that. I'm pretty sure, yes. yes anyway, all right, well, it's been absolutely lovely to have you here, Cypher, um, to muddle through our... Um, mess. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a little random today. <laughs> it's all good. I think our uh, listeners come to expect it. Jeppy's convinced we don't have any. Um, My husband's convinced it's the same person downloading it like 30 times. Sure. Well, if, if, devices. if you get any of our listeners, then now you'll, you'll double your, your listeners. <laughs> well, that's true. Tens and tens of new potentials. Tens of tens? No, I, I believe you have more than that. There's got to be at least 12. Oh, my husband is curious. What is your favorite book? My favorite book, um, I would have to say of all time, my favorite book would be uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, okay. We've talked about that one recently. I still haven't read it yet. Yeah. We've talked about it recently. Um, uh, recently, I've quite enjoyed the uh, the George R. R. Martin's uh, series, Song of Ice and Fire. Um, mm. You know, Tolkien. You've read them all? Like, read yes, all of them? I have. Um, I Most of my reading is uh, fiction you know, um, sometimes I'll enjoy Stephen King if it's not one of his horror-based ones. Yeah, so um, did you go back to the Dark Tower, like you were saying, Mike? I have not had a chance to go back to the Dark Tower, although I would like to. But it's I just part, noticed it's, they have comics. They have a comic book version of it. <laughs> yeah. They, seem they have to, a comic book version of Twilight, too. That's not necessarily making it, you know. Well, that's not, that's not the same, okay. because the actual book was a comic. Hmm. Well, yes, in a way, I suppose. Yeah. I, I never read the Twilight series, um, nor do I think I want to. Um, I did enjoy it's, the Harry Potter series. Yeah, uh, the the, um, the Twilight series is written in the perspective of a sixteen-year-old girl, and so I think a lot of men are turned off by that. <laughs> well, I did not. Series is written in the perspective of an eleven-year-old boy. Right. But but I mean, so I first-person perspective of a sixteen-year-old girl, not main character is a sixteen-year-old girl, which it I is. Think that, but that would be a first-person perspective. I don't think I don't think that's what. I, I, I didn't know that until you said that, and I don't think that would have put me off. No, that's not an incentive for me to pick it up. <laughs> so, what? anyway, <laughs> randomness. The randomness episode. Anyway, okay. But um, just so just so um, it's mentioned, Bidcar did send some a, a gift card to OMG NAP, and Jeppy told me to take it because it was Barnes and Noble, and I'm the one with the nook. Um, <laughs> mm. To have me get a tree grows in Brooklyn, I believe, and I have not yet read it, but I did buy it, and it is on my list. 
but there's a lot of things on my list right now as you can probably tell the beginning of the school year is always very um tiring getting used to going back into the classroom and doing things again and sure. it's nice but it's tiring Resetting and so that yes exactly and so that will be uh hopefully i will be able to mention it soon i told him that once i did read it i would mention it on the podcast so i do intend to do that but i guess i mentioned it before i read it too anyway so we shall i think we shall close out this random podcast and so um it's been as we've mentioned it's been great and thank you so much jeppy for not going back to bed when you got frustrated with wow this morning i'm so annoyed how long did it take him to get frustrated it didn't take him very long he was frustrated nearly immediately took me five minutes yeah my husband says jeppy it took him only five minutes to get frustrated with wow and so he was wondering how long it took you well uh I can't even talk about it. I'm so upset. This is, kind of is this in reference to the new changes? Yeah, the no, new they're, changes. They're generally, yeah. I love the changes. I think they're, they're pretty, pretty damn cool. But the removal of have group will travel has pretty much destroyed my entire leveling process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that might have an effect on you. I, yeah, I'm sorry that's missing too. I don't understand why they took it out. What, I mean, what was the problem with having so many I think they were disturbed that seven? suddenly 40 people would show up in uh, the Alliance City and massacre everybody. There's only go pop and it'll be there <laughs> that's quite enough oh well so when make it or disable it when you're in the raid group i mean that's easy to solve right or or just make it so that you can't that you can't apparate to an opposing faction in the city exactly i mean it shouldn't like be Hogwarts, you know put a little exactly. <laughs> yeah i mean it they shouldn't have had to take it all the way out i think that would have been a great way to do it just you know either not when you're in a raid or you know they can't like you said they can't do it into the other city Anyway, okay, I'll be plenty annoyed, I'm sure. I'm going to download it today. I was letting my husband download it yesterday. I'm going to download it today, the little update thing. So oh, Set aside some time. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let it download, and then I have to go. So I'm going to just let it go while I'm gone. But anyway, I guess it is time for us to say goodbye. So it's been very nice, but um, it's time to go. Are you singing a song? No. Okay, I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, thank you. Thank you for... Uh... <laughs> For having me on. And today. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember what episode I put the song at the end of. One of them. I don't know. If you listen to the recent episodes, there is a song at the end of one of them. But no, I'm not going to sing randomly right now. Okay. Okay. But anyway, um, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> wow. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Oh My Goodness, Not Another Podcast. The music that you heard in the outro and the intro is called Free Music and Free Beer by Alex Barroza. I use this music under the Creative Commons license. <laughs>